Hey, this is Big Rev. Thanks for tuning in to Masterclass Theology, a weekly podcast where we study books of the Bible a verse at a time and apply it to our lives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's rock. Well, good day to you. This is Masterclass Theology. I am Big Rev, and as we're continuing this journey, I've been having a blast journeying with some some young guys on on staff that are in my life, uh, and we have a young guy I, I know as Gabe, and I know Gabe is short for Gabriel, and that's a, a great name from the Bible, and one of, one of the famous angel names. And yeah, so Gabe, why don't you just tell us about yourself and where we're going to go today and what biblical character we're going to study, and if, if you have a nickname you want us to use for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm Gabe, short for Gabriel. Uh, but I really only go by Gabriel if I'm getting in trouble. Uh, so normally I just go by Gabe. I'm a senior at Moody Bible Institute in my last semester right now and uh, interning for student ministry at the bridge. So what's and, your degree program at Moody? So I'm in youth ministry right now. And yeah, in my last semester, finishing up classes. All right, so you want you want your 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 podcast, your official masterclass theology podcast nickname, to be your usual nickname, Gabe. That's perfect. That works right. great for me. Want to make sure because you, you, this is totally cool if you want to do that. But I, I know I know that there there's got to be one listener out there that's going, "Ooh, what name's he going to choose?" And well, yeah, you you just chose the one you go by. So awesome. I, I've only I've only I'm barely getting to know you, Gabe. It's kind of cool, and but yeah, I've only known you as Gabe, so that that works out perfectly. All right, so who are we going to study today, Gabe? Today we are going to be looking at Caleb. Caleb. Numbers chapter 13. Okay, so everybody, you can pause the podcast or whatever. You can jump to Numbers 13. And uh, yeah, that, that's great. Caleb Caleb's one of the good characters. All right. Well, Gabe, I, let, me, let me open us up in a word of prayer, and then the floor will be yours, my friend. God, thank you so much for your word and for this opportunity we get to study your word. And I'm so grateful for my young friend, Gabe, and, and he's in a great degree program. He's studying at Moody. He's, he's nearing the end of that leg of the journey. And, and God, we get to a, encounter a, your word right now. And I, I just pray, oh, Lord, that our listeners today will be challenged and encouraged and will be blessed by what Gabe has to share with us. And we are just so grateful, God, that we are able to study your word and that you, your word is, is, is such a blessing to us and it guides us as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And so, God, I just pray for this conversation and we just lift this up to you and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, my bud. Uh, my friend Gabe, the floor is yours. All right. So the story of Caleb, starting in verse 23, when they reached the valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them along some of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshcol because the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. So these, these guys that Moses sends out to essentially spy on the land of Canaan and figure out kind of what's out there. And then in verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them, to the whole assembly, and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, 
and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The, the Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jezubites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and, and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So we see this. Moses sends them out to explore the land. They come back, and they're basically terrified because they see all of these people that just are terrifying. And Caleb quiets down the people, and he's like, yeah, yeah, these people are big, but God is a lot bigger than these people. Um, like God has helped us through the desert. God has helped us with these things. And with God, we're totally capable of overcoming this. So you get to see kind of the faithfulness of Caleb uh, in the what looks like unsurmountable odds. And it's a really encouraging story about knowing what God has done and knowing what God can do. I like that. These people are big, but our God is bigger. Yeah. It's as if uh, he's saying, bring it. Yeah. Um, and then the people end up actually ignoring Caleb and eventually they continue to wander for 40 years. Um, and after the 40 years and wars in Canaan, Caleb was like 85 years old and he eventually ends up getting an inheritance of the land for his faith. Um, so we see that even after all that time, God rewarded his faithfulness from that. Um, you going to have us go a special spot next? Yes. Um, uh, so in Joshua chapter 15, I gotta go to it real quick. You said Joshua 13? Uh Joshua chapter 15. 15, pardon. Oh wait, no, no, no. I'm um I'm looking through it really quick, sorry. Yeah, it looks like Caleb is mentioned towards the end of Joshua 15. See him in verse 13. I completely lost my spot. I'm sorry. You're good. So while you're looking it up, I'll, I'll remind everybody of the, of the famous children's song. Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. Well, the two that were good were Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb were, are linked together as, as the faithful ones who came back and said, hey, 
we're not going to be terrified of, even though we we're, we're in this scary situation, look, you know, they bring back all the good fruit. Look how big the fruits are, but now look how big the people are. And, and Joshua and Caleb both, they, they stood out as people who were willing to trust God, no matter how big the enemy seemed. So how cool. And if, if you are a follower of Masterclass Theology on this podcast, Last week's episode was, was, was dealing with Joshua. So it's so cool that this week's episode is, is doing with, dealing with Caleb and two people of, of profound faith in a time when Israel didn't seem to have a lot of faith. In uh, Joshua 14, uh, verse 8, okay. Caleb is talking and he says, But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. So it's really cool that throughout the life of Caleb, we get to see that even in his old age, he remains faithful and he continues to have the land. His son-in-law actually ends up being Israel's first judge. Um, so we even get to see the descendants of Caleb uh, getting the inheritance. Hmm. Down there, uh, Gabe, down there in, jo in, in Joshua 14, verse 13. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord God of Israel wholeheartedly. What do you think about that? What 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 is that? What is that saying about Caleb? The fact that he is listed as a Kenizzite. Have you thought about that at all? Uh, not much, not a lot. Um, he's not listed as an Israelite. So it, it seems to be that the text is giving us a clue about this guy. That. As a Kenizzite, he's 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 kind of linked to the people of God, and he he I know he he's listed as the representative from Judah, if I remember correctly, but he is was his family from from a faithful foreign background? Was it what was he like? What happened in with like Rahab, where or even a later character Ruth? Could this be? Could he be a, just a really faithful foreign kind of proselyte situation? I mean, I I don't know. It's it's. That'd be something maybe for future discussion, but Caleb might be one of the rare characters in the Old Testament that is tracing his lineage elsewhere. And yet he, he of all people is following God and taking God at his word. Kind of a cool faith moment there. Yeah, it's a cool moment where God kind of uses somebody from outside of the, his people, brings them in, and then they remain faithful. Um, Where would, you, where would you like us to go next? Uh, now we can go to Joshua 15, verses 13 and 14. In accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a portion in Judah, 
Kirith Arba, that is Hebron. From Hebron, Caleb drove out three Anakites, Sheshai, Iman, and Telmai, the sons of Anak. So it's crazy that even in his old age, we still see that he's still fighting and he's like 85 years old at this point. Um, gets, gets his inheritance, gets what he has. Um, and then Yeah, and then later in that passage, we get to see kind of his descendants. Mm -hmm. I like there, Gabe, Caleb chose a portion of land to conquer that seem to be have all the big boys in it. And even though even though the dude's 85 stinking years old, he not only has the kind of faith that says our God's going to do this, but when it comes to conquering this bad boy, I want the worst territory. I want that for me. I mean, he's standing out to me Gabe as not just a man but a man's man. He's like I want the toughest dudes I want where all the Anakites are, the ones that made everyone tremble in fear. I want those guys. That's the land, the most unconquerable part of the promised land. I want that one. I mean, it just kind of stands out, kind of a manly moment there. Yeah. Kind of a manly trust. It's such a cool story of like the faith and just bravery that he's filled with in these moments. Um and we get to see that the Lord rewards that. So it's really cool. And as I was kind of thinking through the life of Caleb a little bit, it was like, it reminded me of like, do I want the things that are challenges? Do I want to do the things that are easier? Do I want to do the things that are going to challenge me? Mm. Um, and I think Caleb is a really great example of that as somebody who did that throughout his life even in the midst of people who didn't want to do it. My dad always tells me, do the, do the things that nobody else wants to do and you'll be rewarded in some way. Uh, and it's kind of cool that we get to see that in the life of Caleb even. Hmm. I love that. That, that, that. That's a really good piece of advice from dad. It, it, it causes me to think about the ministry lane that I'm on, I, I'm the care pastor at the bridge. And in my lane as care pastor, I, I come across you know, people who have messy situations and they go through really hard seasons. And not that nobody else wants to deal with those things, but many times these are really hard things. And it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to help out the campuses and the locations to be able to, you know, to take, take things off the campus pastor's plates and I find myself doing ministry that is, has that challenge to it, where I, I, I'm doing a type of ministry and even overseeing uh, support groups that they can't, it, it, it kind of frees up the campus teams to, 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 to have other focuses. And, and so there's something about that that resonates with my story as, as a pastor. And I think that's really good advice that you were given and do things that others don't want to do. And 
How do you see that in terms of as a young man, Gabe? I, I like what you were saying before. You were talking about the blessing of being challenged. I think there's a lot of young people out there that want to that don't want to be challenged, that, that, that like taking things a bit easier and would rather have the easier way out than the harder way out. And there's a lot of parents out there that may have had a hard life and they want to do all they can to give their kids an easy life, at least easier than they have. And what I hear you saying, Gabe, is that there's a blessing to being challenged. And what would you say that blessing is? Yeah, uh, I would say that for me in my life, what I've seen is when I'm being challenged the most and when I'm going through the hardest things is usually when I feel God the closest. Mm. Um, you know, there's definitely something to be said about hard work, about physically doing hard things. Um, like you said, uh, parents setting up things for uh, making it easier for their kids. But I think there's really something to be said about just doing things that are hard because it's one of the best ways you can grow. Um, and when you're when you're weak, he is strong. So when you're at your weakest, God can do amazing things through you. Um, and he'll show you that time and time again. So I think challenges are a fun thing to run towards um, physically, spiritually. Um, obviously, they're not always fun. But I really think that they give some amazing opportunities for growth. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important for our listeners to hear that it's so tempting to want the easy, the easier path. It's so tempting to want to say, well, the Bible talks about wisdom and wisdom is going to give me an easier path. I don't know if that's always true. I, I think when we're challenged, then we learn that our strength is not going to cut it and we need to depend upon God's strength. And I like how you pointed out that Corinthian passage I, I oversee Celebrate Recovery and at, at the bridge, and, and that's one of our key verses that my grace is sufficient to you. Like Paul is praying that God, God you know, you know ordained he's going to have this thorn in the flesh, and he's praying, I, I want this taken away, and God's essentially saying, tough. You know, no. I mean, it's, I mean, he's telling Paul no of all people. I get how he would answer some of my prayers, no, but Paul? And my grace is sufficient. So what God gives for our situations is sufficient for you to be able to, to move on in faith and to be move forward in faith, even though it's challenging. That's such a great reminder that, that you're, you're giving us game about challenges because we want to run from a challenge instead of, you know, running to God in the midst of our challenge. There's something about that. Cause sometimes life really stinks and it's really hard, but I've learned that God is always faithful and we, we, would you say we get that from Caleb's story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when how, I first how did Caleb that, see God's faithfulness? So Caleb eventually sees that God fulfills His promises. God eventually gave land to the people that He said He would, and He would His descendants would be numerous. Um, that His descendants would continue to live in that land and rule it forever. Um, I don't remember exactly which verse, but uh, that's one of the promises that's made and God fulfills that. Mm. So God kind of responds to Caleb in a way of because you spoke out, because you were that faithful one, 
I'm going to reward you and I'm going to bless your entire family. I'm going to bless everything that you do. And then we get to see God's provision for him that even as an old man, he's still fighting against the people in that land and he's still taking on those challenges. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to point out about Caleb? There's not a lot in scripture about Caleb. So, so this is not like, okay, there's like, you know, 15 chapters of Caleb here. So. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that we can definitely see just from him being the faithful one, like there's so many examples in the old Testament where Israel turns its back on God, where God's people continually turn their back on him. And then we get to see this, image of somebody who doesn't do that and it's refreshing and hearing the story definitely caught my eye and i knew that this was somebody to pay attention to and i think that seeing that one person that's faithful is kind of like a call to optimism a little bit um because i think that reading the old testament seeing god's people turn away again and again and again is kind of disheartening uh, because we know that we do the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, at, at least two or three times in the Old Testament, there's a great condemnation of, of the unfaithfulness of the people. It, then they'll say, except for Caleb. And so th those moments stand out. And we, we, we want to be like that exception. We want to be like Caleb. We, we want to have that kind of faith that, that, that trusts God even in the hardest of times. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things I keep one of the things I keep hearing uh, is actually like story of David and Goliath, like everybody wants to be David, mm -hmm. but we're actually the like cowering Israelites. Like it's so hard for us to be that person that stands up for God. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, or even even trust God in the midst of an impossible situation, where David sees this giant. Ironically, I think also a, a later descendant of these Anakites that Caleb conquered. But but yeah, that David David sees him and says, "Who is this Philistine? I mean, who, who does this guy think he is? You know." going at who is this uncircumcised Philistine going after the armies of God himself. I mean, the battle is going to belong to God here. Like it's like you come you come at me with, with sword and spear, but you know, I'm coming at you with God here. It's like, this is, this is going to be God's victory and, and God's going to handle his business. There's something about that kind of faith that says, you know, God's got this and yeah, he uses me, he doesn't use me, but God's got this. And I, I'm going to march forward with that faith and that assurance. I mean, that, that I would say, Gabe, that is the same kind of confidence in like a Psalm 46, verse 10, to be still and know that he is God. Yeah, that God's going to handle his business. He's got this and he's, he's good. He's God. I mean, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that right there is the basis of our faith, just trusting that God handles his business. Even like in a first John one, nine sense, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. Well, he's faithful. He's the one handling his business there. 
It's not depending upon my faithfulness. It's dependent upon his faithfulness. So there's something about God there that he's trustworthier. As David also said one time in Psalm 31, but I trust you, God. I say, you are my God and my times are in your hands. There's something about looking at this life that says, you know what? I may have some harder times now, but even those hard times are in God's hands. That's, that's a faith with teeth right there, where, where, especially when life is hard, but you still march forward. That's not just faith. That's, that's a faith with teeth right there. That, that, that's something. That's something that as a guy, I'm drawn to that. I'm drawn to the person who has the kind of faith like Caleb does. I mean, especially, especially as a man. I'm not saying anything about you ladies. You can have the same kind of faith. I'm saying it's hitting me kind of like the movie Braveheart hits me hard. It's like, yeah, it's like that kind of, you know, freedom, you know, that big moment. Like, yes, it's a movie just designed to tug upon the soul of a man. Caleb's character does that. It's just like, yes, that's right. Even as an old dude, yes, bring him. Yeah, let's. God's going to handle his bit. Yes, let's go. So, I mean, that that's Caleb is, is just a man's man kind of character. And then, and he raises the daughter, Axa, that, he, that he's demanding that whoever's going to marry her is going to fight the same fight. You're going to be the same kind of dude. And Othniel steps up. And he look in the judges. He's not only the first judge. He's actually the ideal judge in the entire list of judges. And that's the kind of dude. And yeah, it's, he's got a cool story, even though it's a little story. It, it, a faith that just trusts God no matter what. Any final thoughts about Caleb or anything else you would like our listeners to know about Caleb today, Gabe? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things, thinking about the story of Caleb that keeps popping up in my mind is Caleb has a really good understanding of who God is and what God does. Uh, and because of that, he's he has this faith in this God who's going to deliver Israel and in, in this God who's going to take care of his people time and time again. And I think it's really encouraging. It's really inspiring. Like you said, he is really a man's man. But you also talked about the wisdom. And I think having the wisdom of knowing who God is helps us even more helps us realize God has done this before. God is going to do this again. And getting to see that through the life of Caleb is awesome. And it's really inspiring to anybody who's trying to learn more about God or know who God is. There's a verse in a song that, that came out um, you know, on Christian radio when I was in seminary many years ago. The artist is Twyla Paris, and her song is God is in Control. And the line of the song says this. He's speaking, she's speaking of God when she sings it. She goes, he has never let me down, so I start to worry now. So whatever you're going through, he's never let me down before. I mean, we, we sing that now in like the modern praise song. You know, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. So every moment I am able, I will sing in the goodness of God. So yeah, he's never let me down. So why start to worry now? So all of Caleb's brothers, all his, his Israelite, they're all worrying. And he's like, heck no. This guy's not going to let us down. You know, there it is. It's the, a, a, a faith that, that is a trusting faith. That's Yeah. And I think that uh, it didn't exactly happen in the story, but having a faith that also inspires others like Caleb. Mm. Um, because 
I'll tell you what, if I was there and I was around him when he said that, I would want to be the person who goes, yeah, yeah, that's right. God's <laughs> going to take care of us. Uh, obviously, wasn't there. Couldn't do it. But I think being the kind of guy like Caleb who inspires faith in others as well is a super big thing. And I think it's really important to try and be that type of person. Well, what would that look like, Gabe? Help, 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 help our listeners to know what would being like Caleb be in the struggles that we face? So let, let's say someone's going through something really hard and what would a faith like Caleb, how would they approach that situation? Yeah, I think maybe in a time of distress, one of the first things that you do is you go to God, uh, whether it's in prayer, whether you open scripture, um, and maybe you invite other people into that too. But kind of showing people what that faith looks like, what it looks like to go to God with your problems, saying, you know, this is going on right now. What does scripture say about this? How can I pray about this? Who can I bring in with me? Um, so I think it's it's a lot of uh, searching to see how can I bring God into this? I love that. And, and also I, I would imagine there's a, there's, you know, there might, there might be a few, a few guys your age listening to this podcast and who are in the midst of their own struggle. And I know when I was a young man, my struggle, I had a lot of purity issues in my struggle and, and I was the addictions and a lot of guys, you know, a lot of young people, we, we deal with addictions, especially with how prevalent the internet is and all the temptation there. And, and we're very grateful that scripture gives us an either or, and there's this, this either or is you know, like in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ Jesus lives in me. Or where Paul talks about it in Colossians about taking off the old self and now putting on the new self in Christ, which is being renewed in the knowledge of his creator. So there's something about Maybe maybe our our listeners are listening to to, to Gabe share us about about that. Okay, what if you're in a challenging situation? Here's how to have a faith like Gabe. How to have a faith like like have faith like Gabriel? Sure, faith like like Caleb. But what if what if their situation is more of an internal internal struggle? What if they are struggling with, you know, uh, some kind of they're at war against themselves? And 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 I know in a biblical counseling sense. I'm not my hero. I'm actually the enemy. I, I'm my greatest enemy. And I've got to deny myself to follow Jesus because myself's always going to get in the way. So we might have some young dude or some young gal in a purity struggle or in a sin struggle, some kind of habitual thing. And they're like, man, I just can't seem to shake this. So to have a faith like Caleb is intentional. Caleb was an intentional kind of guy where it's like, I'm going to take these steps. So I love how you said, opening up God's word, getting your marching orders as you turn into the general, you're who you are on the front lines as a soldier, you're getting your marching orders, you're trusting in those God's placed over you, you've got some accountability in your life, but then you're going to be intentional about each day, what needs to be taken off? What about that old me that's there, that doesn't, shouldn't be there anymore, that I know doesn't belong in my life anymore? Now, what about what should be new? How can I put on the new self now? How can I take off the old Joel and put on the Jesus? How, how, how can I deny myself, pick up that cross to follow? Do you see an opportunity for somebody who's struggling with porn or with some kind of a, a substance issue or something? Do you see an opportunity to have a faith like Caleb in the midst of that war? Yeah. Uh, so for somebody 
struggling with purity at this point. One of the things that I've seen is, as well as bringing God into it, but bringing other people into it, having accountability, having people that pray for you, people that care about you and want to reach out to you, um, having that group and that community of support. Uh, that's a great way to grow as believers. Um, it's also something that we're called to do, uh, to be in fellowship. And I think it's one of the first things that we should do going after any sin struggle is you're not in this alone. You don't have to do it alone. And there's other people that are fighting this issue. There's other people that are trying to break this habitual sin. Um, and I think it's super important to see you can be intentional. You can reach out to other people. And those people are going to be there for you, the people that care about you, people that want to see you grow. Right. We all have to have somebody in our life that, that we give permission to to call us on our garbage. And that we, they're, 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 they, if they tell us to knock it off, we're not going to clutch our pearls and faint. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to you. And maybe you can speak life into them, too. And I, I mean, I definitely see Caleb here as part of a community. And yeah, he's having this, you know, great faith moment. He's going to, you know, soldier on. But he was one of two that has such a faith moment. He did have Joshua. And together, their stories can lean upon each other. And so you you might need to have a Joshua in your life, a fellow soldier who's, you know, recovering from I mean, a hurt habit or hang up, or you're, you're struggling with a sin issue. And you've got someone that keep you accountable and someone that you, uh, I mean, if you're a young, if you're a young guy or an old guy, whoever you're struggling, you, you, you need to have, uh, you, you need to have a, someone, uh, you've traded phone numbers with, with, with another brother. If you're, you're a young lady and you're struggling with this issue, you, you have, you have a woman in your life that you're texting and that, that's keeping you accountable. Cause I know the women struggle with, with the sins that are, you know, addiction sins too, but you've got people in your life that are you're leaning upon and maybe, maybe they turn into, you might call them 3am kind of friends. And I'm noticing as we have this recording, my computer is, there we go. Come charge, baby. All right. All right. Well, Gabe, how would you land the plane today on, on Caleb and anything that any final words to take home? Yeah. Um, biggest thing to take home from this story, I would say is in the face of things that look impossible or things that look, are going to be challenging and hard. Um, be that person, be that person that stands up for God, be that person that follows God in every difficult part of your life. And because God is going to take care of you. He's done it. He'll do it again. Mm. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And there might be a lot of struggles but you're not alone. You have, you can find that person to lean on that person who's going to keep you accountable. Um, but yeah. Uh, and be optimistic about what God can do because God can do anything. God handles his business. doesn't he? Yes, he does. We, we have the pleasure of being used by God to see our stories used for God's glory. But we also have the honor of being on the front lines and to be able to say, you know what? God's going to come through and God's going to handle his business. And, and I'm going to trust God no matter what. And even, even if no one else trusts God, I'm going to trust God. And this is something that I'm going to make it part of. I mean, we see the same thing with Joshua, like in a Joshua 24, it's like, as for me and my house, 
we're going to serve the Lord. You know, we have this great either or moment. You know, it's like, no, no, we're, 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 you all are going to make your own choice on this. But as for me and my house, so Joshua seemed to have a similar kind of put up or shut up kind of faith. And Caleb, that, that seemed to be his world. So not, not, nice journey today. I, I appreciate you, you bringing this character to our attention. And, and it, it's, great to, to, it's great to have these, these characters from Scripture to, to not only motivate us, but give us, an, give us an example to follow. And this has been Masterclass Theology. As always, I am Big Rev. And I'm Gabe. Awesome. Have a great day and God bless. This has been Masterclass Theology. I pray you've been challenged and encouraged during today's episode, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we journey through the Bible. God bless.